0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good. Me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining Join me every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. He's in an audition. He's sending in his self-tape.
1: <laughs> Hi, Steve Howie, reading for the role of Trevor.
0: <laughs> Steve Howie is on the podcast today, and I've learned one thing about him. So Well, two. First of all, he's really funny. Second of all, he is not friends with technology.
1: Nope. That is not my friend. Not your friend. No, I started in this business 20 plus years ago, 23, four years ago. And so... I've always had professionals hand- handling the technology, han- handling the camera work, the lighting, the sound. Yeah. So, why did I ever have to do it? Now I have to be my own gaffer, director of photography, mixer.
0: Wait, so what about like social media? Are you like doing Instagrams, TikToks?
1: I do, but like, yeah, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine and he's really good at it. I won't say his name. But he's got a lot of followers and he's always posting his workout videos <laughs> and nightlife. And you know what I mean? And he does these dance sequences.
0: That sounds like icky, though. Who's this? I need to know this. That-
1: but he's like telling me that I have to post more. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. I don't even know. You know what I mean? I used to have a Nokia flip phone. I'm so about to go back to that.
0: I was just going to ask you, there are those old people that really resist change and they stay with the Nokia phones. Like, are are you almost you're almost at that level, you're saying, you know, was the best phone. And I had it, by the way, everybody. It was the the keyboard phone. It was like after the Nokia, you flipped it open. It had like a keyboard. Was it a black? Well, oh, no, the BlackBerry was like the OG. But I'm talking about like the flip up. and it looked like a full computer phone. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's cool. thing when you had yeah
0: it was cool okay you guys I can't believe Steve Howie's here it's like such a cool opportunity to get to talk to you because your new show true lies coming out on March 1st I got to see the first episode not trying to show off or anything but I did super cool show you play a spy
1: play spy yeah tell yeah. me about it well the series the show the pilot that you saw it's based off of the iconic hit blockbuster movie, James Cameron's True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold. Yeah, it was, it was a, they were were big shoes to fill. It was a little nerve wracking, but I think we pulled off something cool. We tried to make it our own. We have an amazing cast. I got to do my own stunts. That was a lot of fun. My own stunts, as far as that, what was allowed and what the insurance company would allow.
0: Wait, like fly the helicopter?
1: Of course. Yeah, (laughs) with the helicopter jump through the glass <laughs> severed my wait, can i
0: just say the the jump through the glass scene killed me because like wasn't i was like there he why couldn't he have gone to the door
1: because they're trying to get out of there as fast as possible and he's got to go the glass and then you jump through you're getting out of there there's bad guys chasing you you have no you don't have time to like open the door for the for the missus
0: <laughs> wait so for real though which real sons did you do
1: the fighting was all me. That was a whole choreography. It was it was much longer, but we had to cut it. The glass was not me. That was Chad, my stunt double, and those stunt actors, performers, they really are like a, a different breed. Because I don't know if you know this, but I thought it was sugar glass, and sugar it is doesn't can't hold the weight of all that surface, so they use real glass. So they just jump through real glass, and what they do is they put chargers. On either corner of the glass door or the glass window. And as the stunt performer jumps through, they explode the chargers. So it tempers it. And then they go through it. But the thing is though, is it's real glass. And when you land on it, you get cut. So when they got up, they were bleeding from all their little micro cuts all over their body. The girl that, that's Ilana is her name, she was Ginger Stunt Double. She was had a like a river of blood that was coming from her arm off her pinky and then my stunt double Chad had was cut here on the face cut here cut there so it was, it's a, it's real like they go through glass and they get cut up because they're not going to allow that but as far as the fighting the jumping out of the car the um, not flying the helicopter now but like <laughs> grabbing the guy he was old so i didn't really want to like throw him that hard but true it was true i was like i can't throw this guy i mean he's up on the helicopter let me just place him let me just <laughs> place of down. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've always wanted to do something that I got to shoot the gun, punch the guy, kiss the girl and crack a joke.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's fun because th- it's also funny. So it's like, I don't remember was true lies funny. Like I definitely watched it, but I don't remember it. it was.
1: Yeah, you're too young to remember it. But it was no, I'm
0: not Steve. I watched it. Actually, I'm 34. I know you thought I was like 22.
1: But it, that's when it came out it was when you were born.
0: Well, I caught up, you know, I'm a pop culture, pop culture, honey. No, I watched the movie. Can you tell me how it works, though? Like, does James Cameron need to approve the fact that? Oh, he did? Uh Uh-huh. Wow.
1: All of them did. We have a whole, like, all-star roster of executive producers. James Cameron, McGee, Ray Santini, Mary Viola, Corey Marsh, Anthony Hemingway, who is a director-producer. He was a director on Shameless for a few episodes. We became very tight. He's like one of the coolest people I've ever met. And he got the job to direct the pilot. And so he gave me a call and he goes, I got something for it. You have to do it. And I was like, hey, shit, you say jump. You know, I say how high. Let's do it. What is it? He's like, it's True Lies. And I'm like, True Lies, the movie? And he's like, yeah. And I went, they know I'm not an Austrian bodybuilder, right? Like, (laughs) what are you saying? Like, that dude's my hero. How do I even step into those shoes? How do I even do that? But yeah, it was a dream come true. Careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. Because I did manifest it. I did. You put did? That, Oh, yeah. A lot of people have their like woo-woo beliefs and stuff. But I had something happen that was really profound. So during 2020, during COVID, I had my three kids to myself for six and a half months because their mom was stuck in Toronto for six months because they shut down the border. So I had two five-year-olds and an 11-year-old for over six months by myself. No nanny, no mom, no sister, no help. And it was like, I was talking to the universe, I was talking to God and I was like, it, what karma is this? Like, what did I do? <laughs> so that's su- such a high level that I developed alopecia areata and huge chunks of hair fell out, and I had to shave my head for the last season of Shameless when we did eventually go back. And that was a whole other thing. To so go back to the kids, I was losing my mind trying to keep them in pain. And I was like, We're going to do vision boards. And they're like, What's well, vision boards? And I was like, You cut out pictures of things you want, you put it on a board, you go, Let's go. So we went, and CVS was open, and we all masked up. And we went into CVS, and we got these big white boards. and we. They went to different places. I had some magazines. They had their books and magazines for kids. And we each made vision boards. And it was just like the four of us making vision boards. Cut to getting the pilot, Anthony calling me, doing, okay, I got the job for True Lies. My oldest son, this is like in 2021 now, pulls out from underneath my bed, my vision board. And the one picture of a human, because it was mostly pictures of like vacation homes and furniture. cars and stuff like that but the one picture was um sean connery in 007 wearing a bow tie a white shirt black tux and the the black bow tie and i was like and he's like dad that's like that looks like you from the pilot and i went whoa and so there's something to that that you you have to for it to become real for it to become reality you have to first think it. So careful what you say about yourself, it'll come true. Careful what you think about yourself or a situation, it will come true. For that to happen, you have to think it first. So I, in one way, directly or indirectly, I put that out there that I wanted to do this type of character, this action star spy 007 bond kind of vibe, and it, it came to fruition. So That stuff works. That's so cool. Yeah. And you
0: know what? I I talk about manifestation a lot. And I actually say, I mean, yours is kind of like cosmic because you actually put it on that piece of paper and that was like a real. But a lot of time manifesting is like actually putting in the work. Like, I think manifesting is like you want something, you put everything you got towards that thing and you make it happen. And like, you know what I mean? So yours was like a combination because obviously you've been working in the industry for so long. You know the types of things you want to do. You put like a dream roll on a piece of paper and it happened. That's wild.
1: That's exactly right. It's you have to put work into it. It's called dreams into action. And, oh, he's uh,
0: knowledgeable on the subject.
1: Oh, yeah. So you know who Deepak Chopra is? Yeah. Okay. Like so, the
0: OG one?
1: The OG, Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. So he says that when a thought occurs, there's an electrical pulse that happens from synapse to synapse in the brain. That electrical pulse is made up of the same atoms as everything that's material in our world. The pillow behind you, your mic, us, we're all made up of atoms. So just because you can't see it, smell it, taste it, or feel it doesn't mean it's not in the material world, our thoughts. Mm. But when you manifest, it's also not just the thought of I want, it," it is that it's already happened. It's already here. So you already in a, are in agreement of the reality that it already exists, and you act as if, and then it comes.:
0: So like be a little delusional.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Delusion is is, but that's, that's that's all about perspective. One person's delusion is another person's like reality.
0: I know I know you guys have seen the yes, I have the aura ring, Don't be jelly, don't be jelly you know, I need to be on trend. And I was super jealous of everyone who had one. And also I really wanted to know how I'm sleeping. Like, I really don't remember what happens at night. A lot of times my husband will ask me like, did Noah wake up last night? And I'll be like, I don't know. Or I'll know that Noah woke up, but I'll have no idea what time. Anyway, I really wanted to start keeping track of like my sleep, the calories I'm burning, if at all, activity levels, body temperature. Sometimes I wake up with like night sweats, like what is happening? Also, my sleep quality, respiratory rate and more. And all of that is done with the Aura ring and you get your personalized data in the Aura app. It's all synced up. It's also an easy-to-wear ring. It's water-resistant, and it comes in two styles and five colors to match your aesthetic, and it has a vibe. Like, I just feel like it does look cool, um, and it's basically wearable technology. It lets you know what's happening on the inside. So if you want one of your own, visit auraring.com slash notskinny to find the right ring for you and get $15 off your purchase. So that's auraring, O-U-R-A, ring.com slash not skinny, or a ring.com slash not skinny. And that link will save you $15 on your very own Aura Ring. Cha ching. That's the sound you would get as a notification on your phone for when you made a sale with Shopify. Wouldn't that be fun? Like literally, like a rush through your body of excitement. It's like getting a text from an ex, but In a good way, you know, so Shopify sales sound really is the best kind of sound because that means you just made money. That means you just sold the thing that you wanted to sell. So that's really fun for everybody involved. Shopify is basically the back end that allows you to buy stuff. From websites. So whether you're shopping at, you know, Sephora or buying merch from your favorite influencer, like 99% chance that they're using Shopify. And that just means that it's not only for big brands. It's also for new entrepreneurs like yourself. Like, do you want to start selling your knit hats? No prob. Use Shopify and sell it there. And they'll help you with all of the things. They have 24-7 help. They have an extensive business course library. So, you know, stop keeping your dreams in your pocket. It's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. So this is a possibility, you guys. You want to sell something? You have something you want to make? You want people to buy it? Shopify, you guys. So you can sign up right now for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash skinny. Go to shopify.com slash not skinny to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash not skinny. And that's all lowercase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place
1: for a happy price. Go to your happy price, priceline.
0: So you stayed with the kids, you got so stressed your hair fell out. Yeah. You were talking to God. It was a time. But did the, the manifesting vision board thing and and this time with your kids during COVID make you more into that stuff? Like the Deepak Chopra oh, yeah. manifestation.
1: I had to. I was meditating. Wow. Than I've ever done before because I was, I, was, I was a little nervous. I was like, either wow. I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to kill them, <laughs> I'm going to run away and abandon them. I'm going <laughs> to, what, what am I going to do here? And so I really did a deep dive. I read Michael Singer's Un- The Untethered Soul, which is a, an amazing read. I really highly recommend that. I read Dr. Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural, another amazing read. And it's, Wait,
0: and the kids didn't have school then, so you no. were home?
1: Oh, we were home homeschooling. So I had three kids on iPads, and I would go to room to room. Talk about trouble with Wi-Fi. It was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I had three different rooms to go to because they all had to be separated. So I was running around cutting fruit. And like loxing a bagel and like giving it to him and being like, here, eat. You have to eat. And I'm in the background. Like, just oh,
0: my God.
1: I'm bald. So,
0: guy. <laughs> Wait, so, OK, when I recall Kevin Ball, as you guys know, Steve Howey played the legendary Kevin Ball on Shameless for all of its seasons since it started in 2011 and did last year. Right. Twenty twenty two.
1: It ended in twenty. It ended in twenty twenty. What? Twenty twenty one. I mean, well, it came out in 2020.
0: Oh, yeah. It came out in 2022. I remember Kevin Ball having a shaved head. And like you were about to say you're not a Austrian bodybuilder, but like Kevin Ball was giving bodybuilder at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. Kev, definitely. Well, that evolution happened because when I started shameless, I had longer hair. I was riding riding my Harleys a lot, but then I was always naked. And I was doing these (laughs) crazy scenes with Shanola Hampton. And she's looks great. She already was already dialed in and was like working out all the time. And she would like wake up at four in the morning to go work out and then come into work. And I'm like, and then so I started working out as a way because I was like, well, I'm already naked anyway. I might as well start looking good. So I was hitting the gym a lot. And then yeah, the hair thing, it was like all over the place. Went to a ponytail into a braid. And then I buzzed it, had a faux hawk at one season. And then that last right. season, though, I was—I had a bicket. I had to shave it bald because uh, I had all these patches.
0: Oh, my God. First of all, relatable. OK, <laughs> speaking of the sex scenes, I don't know if you saw this, but a few days ago, I found out a couple of things. Did you see the movie with Jonah Hill, the new one? You, you people? people. Yeah. OK, so a lot of people talked about like the, the, the main. Ca- well, a lot of people talked about the movie in a lot of ways, but that they did like didn't have chemistry the main characters whatever and then an article came out in New York Post that the one kiss that they had in the movie which was at the wedding scene at the end was CGI that they didn't even kiss IRL okay and then I started spinning about it and reading more about this happening like Lindsay Lohan in her new Christmas movie didn't kiss her dude because of religious reasons so then when you, the interview with you was coming up I was like this is a juxtaposition because you had What didn't you do on camera? Like your character on Shameless and or I mean, it was it was it was wild. It was lots of sex scenes, like very, very much a lot of them. So what do you think about what I just told you? Like what's what's happening now? Oh, and there was also Penn Badgley, who's in you, just did an interview where he said that he asked for less sex scenes out of respect for his wife. So all of this is happening like this week, like and then. So I had to ask you your thoughts on it.
1: I think it's just a testament to where we're going in society. <laughs> I just falling apart. Actors who can't kiss anymore. We can't make a lo- No, I, I think, listen, for religious beliefs, I think it's admirable. If you don't vibe with the other actor and the technology can provide you to do that, so be it. You know what I mean? It's really up to the, to the person. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I will say for us, The actors in Shameless, we definitely didn't do CGI. That was that was all us. And from the pilot, I mean, I was full frontal legs exposed, and yeah, I didn't really know about fluffing beforehand because I'm not a a porn star or anything. So wait,
0: what's fluffing?
1: Fluffing is when you get blood flow, and so it just hangs better.
0: (laughs) Wait, so how do you fluff? Stand upside down?
1: (laughs) No, no, fluff. You get it. You get it ready. You know what I mean.
0: Was there an intimacy coordinator on set for Shameless?
1: Not at the beginning because this was before Me Too happened. And this mm. is before a lot of this happened. And luckily the actors, especially my partner in it, Shanola Hampton, were still best friends. We became best friends. And so I
0: know I could tell. I feel like we could always tell, like by well, funny enough, like social media. Maybe she she's like good on social. So I remember getting that vibe that you two were really close. And you're saying that's still true, which is so
1: cute. Yeah, she's, our kids have grown up together. I go to their, her house all the time. Really good friends with her husband. I adore them. Yeah, they're, they're best friends. But I was married at the time. She was married, still is. And it was, it's part of the job. It's just part of, kind of the job. It's like, But it's, it's easier when you do get along with the other person, you respect the other person. I was very protective of her. And so I didn't, they wanted her some, some directors wanted it to be a little sorted, a little gratuitous. And it's like, we don't need to do that. We don't need, we already do enough as it is, but yeah, that was, it was a lot, but a lot of these, the nudity and the sex scenes came from really, really well-written material. So it didn't feel gratuitous. Yeah. were a little, but for the most part, we we protected each other and we made something something really cool because hey, it lasted eleven seasons. So
0: love Shameless. So was there any scene in particular that you remember that was like the most awkward (laughs) or hardest to shoot? Was there a a specific sex scene on Shameless that that you were like awkward, feeling awkward about filming?
1: Yeah. So when I when I auditioned they told me, they're like, you know, that this is full frontal. I go, yep, let's do it. And I I remember that was the time in 2000. What was it? 10? No, 2009. Something like it was like 2009 was the pilot. And at that time, there was no prosthetics. Now all these guys are wearing prosthetics. They're putting on fake. Well,
0: I just have to say this, you guys, if you don't know, this is pop culture. Steve Howey's the mother of his children is Sarah Shahi, who acted in sex life. Who speaking of prosthetics, there was a huge thing there where the guy in in sex life, everyone was like prosthetic or not prosthetic. I think they said it was prosthetic. So yeah, that's that's what's happening now. Which I don't know if it's fair. Not fair. Not to other dudes.
1: Not fair.
0: Not fair in, in life. Like, not fair?
1: Like, if I knew that was part of the deal, I would have worn one. I would have been like, are you kidding? I hope everybody has Zoom and they can, like, watch that scene. But no, one of the other, like, awkward, but it was kind of like a fantasy come true in a weird way. Veronica and, Ke- and Kev are trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, she can't get pregnant. So we with the help of Veronica's mother.
0: Oh, my God,
1: yeah. And there was a part where, Kev is not getting aroused because it's her mother and so she's straddling me and then Shinola sits on my face so I have (laughs) I have these two women these two actresses on top of me with a whole stage full of crew and we're doing the scene and it's really fun and it's like crazy and I'm and then one of the crew members come up to me and they're like this is like a lot of Men's fantasy that you're living. And I go, somebody's got to do it. You know what I mean? It might <laughs> well be me. And I remember about we talked about manifesting, about putting things, dreams into action. So I know, I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> dreams into action. Um, was- your wife and her mom. Oh my God, I remember that.
1: I'm so grateful for them because they, they made me feel very comfortable, even and I tried to make them comfortable. So yeah, that was, I guess, a high point.
0: That is really crazy. To think about shameless versus CGI wedding peck. I'm not talking tongue. I'm not talking like a French kiss. I'm talking like what you saw was like a wedding peck and that was allegedly CGI. Crazy.
1: Um I love that movie. I thought it was a really well done. Yeah. I Eddie Murphy was like absolute it's like one of the best performances I've seen in also it was a- how is he
0: like how is he like eighty five? Like I don't understand. I, I-
1: Exactly, he's so handsome. He still looks the exact the exact same. I, I don't know. The man's a legend. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie. But yeah, it is a new world now. You don't have to peck somebody anymore. You can just <laughs> CGI it. You don't even have to get the room now with all the AI stuff that's going on.
0: Yeah. Okay, you guys. I hear you're looking for uh, more podcasts. You want to add more podcasts to your to your library and I got one for you. It's called The Social Dose. It's hosted by Paris Nicholson and Michael Judson-Berry. They were recently on Worst Cooks in America. They're hilarious. And basically, they're here to serve your weekly dose of social's most important stories. So thank The View or Chelsea Lately or The Soup, but covering all things social media. Do you feel left out like you missed the latest TikTok trend or whatever all the you know Gen Zers are talking about? Each week, three times a week, Paris and Michael plus special guest correspondents will take you on a fun and funny 20 minute ride through the most talked about conversations and happenings across socials. AKA this is your new destination for daily roundups of all the best news, viral gossip, insights, and beefs from TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and more. There's a lot to keep up with you guys. So join Paris and Michael every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday where they dig way too deep into all of social's most popular trends and bring you up to speed on the most talked about videos or posts and cover the stuff we've all seen and just need to talk about. So their screen times are disgustingly high. So yours don't have to be from something else. And Sony music entertainment, listen to the social dose on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. This is a really cool spot. I have to tell you about Modern age is this amazing place that is all about helping people get proactive with how they age. They launched this really cool aging wellness assessment. This assessment looks at over 55 markers of health from your hormones to metabolism to cognitive function. And uh, they're here to uncover underlying issues that our regular doctors might not notice. By the way, regular doctors are really freaking disappointing to me. You know, it's like my tummy hurts. Do something about it. And they're like, sorry, nothing's coming out, you know, in the regular test. Do more tests. Anyway, you know, you got to look you got to look deeper sometimes. And modern age is here to help you find out if you're at risk for diseases like cancer, Alzheimer's, osteoporosis and heart disease. And you can, you know, knowing gives you power and you could take action to prevent those from showing up later. So how does it work? You come into the beautiful modern age studio. They have one on the Upper East Side. They have one in Flatiron. Uh, You go in for a blood panel and a bone scan. Then you'll complete a couple of online assessments. They'll measure your cognitive function and subjective age. And after that, you'll have a modern age clinician sit down with you for a full hour to go over all your results and give you personalized treatment recommendations. And they can help you At Modern Age, they also offer treatments like IV drip therapy, hormone replacement therapy, Botox, and more to improve how you feel inside and out. Listeners of my podcast can get 20% off your first treatment. Just use code NOTSKINNY20 when you check out at the Modern Age studio. Again, that's NOTSKINNY20 to get 20% off at Modern Age. Okay, so let's talk more about you, I'm Steve Howie. Okay. Okay. I want to know more. So I don't know if you know, but there has also been a thing in pop culture about Nepo babies. Uh-huh. You heard about that? Uh huh. And then I was like, wait, is Steve Howie kind of a Nepo baby? How so? Because your dad had that acting class thing?
1: Yeah. I don't he wasn't famous though.
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't even know. Yeah. He, he was just, like, in the industry,
1: right? Nepotism is when you, uh, you have power and you, you can your children or are, 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 are family members or friends are allowed to jump the line, if, if you will, and, like, not have to pay all the dues. And they can just get an amazing job. But I don't really mind nepotism if the person is talented. Because mm-hmm. then, like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? if your daughter or son or brother or sister are are talented or even at the very worst attractive. Yeah. And they can like pull it off. Why not? I'm not opposed to it. If the person is great, if they suck and they are just like, and it's just like, it's just, it's just, it's just gross. Then it's just like, okay, obviously you got the job because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind that. I think there's a lot of actors who are brilliant and they're They've gotten in. They've gotten some doors open for them. So I'm okay with that. But no, my, I, I am lucky though, because my dad was an, an acting teacher for many, many years, decades. And I got to grow up in that world and see it. So I started acting very early. I wanted to be a basketball player. I played junior college basketball with hopes of going to a university. and didn't because it was too hard. I couldn't keep up.
0: Did you get injured?
1: No, I just couldn't keep up. I practiced. Mm. More than anyone and i we had a I had a guy on my team in college that all he did was eat twizzlers that's what it seemed like it's all he did was eat twizzlers he barely worked out but he could just dunk on everybody shoot threes defend and it was just like i couldn't keep up with him and his nickname was fat man but he was the opposite he was like this adonis with an eight pack and i was like do you eat food he, i'm like oh so just nap you're just a natural stud cool I was like eating protein shakes every day. I was working out. I was lifting weights and I still couldn't get to their level. And so also I was very animated on the court. I was very, I couldn't, I didn't have a poker face. Like, (laughs) so the transition to acting class helped.
0: Wait, is that not good to be animated as a basketball player?
1: No, in sports, you want to have a poker face. So, you know, if you do something bad, it doesn't register. And even if you're like feeling really upset inside, your competition or your enemy or your the other team or other player doesn't see you wither. The best players you can't tell. Uh They tell tell quarterbacks. You throw an interception, it's over. It's gone. It's in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. On to the next play. Uh You have to have that kind of mentality of like, if there is a mess up, you move on. And if there is a a success, if there is a... An amazing play that you make, you don't celebrate, you just move on. Oh, and yep. you
0: were like celebrating.
1: <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I was crying and like temper tantrums and like play. I would look for, I was like, yeah. and it was just like, there's still a play going on. Keep going. But yeah, so that transition was kind of the right one. Also, I guess I was very lucky because I, my dad's acting class back in the day, he had some he had some players. George Clooney was in his class.
0: Wait, was this as you were born in Texas? So was this in Texas or in this California?
1: This and we moved to LA when I was an infant and I was still like oh. a baby. I grew up in Southern California m- most of my life. There were a couple of years that we moved to Phoenix, went back to LA, and then I went to one year of high school in Colorado. So my adolescence was, I, my dad was a sailor, um, so I grew up on sailboats, two different sailboats and then Your dad
0: sounds cool.
1: yeah, I mean it was it was homeschooling, lived in Mexico for a year and a half up and down the coast of Mexico. Their plan was to go south to the Panama Canal, go through the Panama Canal and go north up to the islands. but by the time we got to Panama, it had been a, it had been like almost a year because when we stopped along the coast, they stayed. And we fished for lunch and dinner. We traded. I would swim ashore and I'd be gone in whatever town off the coast of Mexico. And
0: this sounds like not real life.
1: It was an amazing childhood. But to look back on it, I would never do with my kids. My parents are a lot more adventurous than I am.
0: Wow. So how did your dad become an acting coach from being a sailor?
1: He was in the Navy and then became an actor and was an actor in the Cleveland Playhouse, Cleveland, Ohio. And then he just, it transitioned into uh, teaching and he was a very artistic man. And he was a, a, a brilliant teacher. I was one of his worst students, but it was kind of like the coach's son kind of thing. So it was like, I had to prove a little bit more and I had to do, but because of the osmosis, if you will, of just being around actors and acting classes. I feel like I was a little bit ahead of a lot of people. Also, my mom is a teacher as well. She took over the acting class and she's been in class for 40 plus years. And she is her own amazing teacher. But she would also, she has all these Carla-isms. Her name's Carla. And she would say to me things like, people buy what you sell, Steve. People buy what you sell. What are you selling? Are you selling insecurity? Are you selling confidence? Are you selling charm? Are you selling good? And and like, what are you selling? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Also, my dad's thing was like, you don't have to think the thought of the character, but you have to think about something. And so I had all these things in life. So when I would go to I, I've been in acting class for decades before I started working professionally. So Everybody can tell a bad actor when you're in the audience. Anybody can. It's the easy, it's one of the easiest things. If something's good, if you know if something's bad. But when you're, when you're on stage and it's black and the lights come on, it is hard to get out of your way. It is really hard to have that confidence to unzip your chest, to expose your heart and soul, and then to close it back up and zip it back up and then go sit down. But if you do it enough times and you're really passionate about it, acting classes are the purest form of acting. They're the closest thing to old theater back in New York. And doing that for many, many years, I started to get confident about it. I started liking it. And then it wasn't until the sitcom Reba when I really, it was one of those things where, because I played such a fool in that and It was so fun and like there's a lot of similarities in Kev to Van to play this like it's just so fun to play that and then this in True Lies it's it's the complete opposite. There's some things where I get to be goofy in and Ginger Gonzaga allows me to like be goofy and then I'll be her straight man and she can be goofy. She's brilliant. She's so funny, but also being a leading man and being charming and being sincere. So it's, you know, it's
0: different. It's different from other things. You're right. I Now that you said that about playing like the fool part, you did have a few roles like that. Like, did you ever feel like you were kind of tight? Like that was your typecast a little bit?
1: Not at all. I didn't care because I had so much fun doing
0: it. What was the other? Well, you had the, the great kind of guest starring role in Bride Wars. Yes. Which was fun. I love that. Thank you. And what was your favorite kind of movie to play to have like a guest starring role?
1: I loved Something Borrowed. Mm. that character I only do romantic comedy movies with Kate Hudson apparently <laughs> but that was a lot of fun because it was it was free I think true lies as hard as this job was this was one of my favorite roles because well, you
0: are you have all these things it's so good guys I watched the first episode it's also so fun it really could almost be kind of a movie
1: yeah well it's based off the movie I think we right, have that's it. we have the DNA of the movie but we did try to make it our own We knew we had big shoes to fill there's a lot of homages to the movie but this had to be our own ginger gonzaga is her own person who brings her own fire i'm doing my own thing omar miller his experience and he's a veteran and amazing and has this powerful energy erica hernandez is gorgeous awesome in it michael gorman used to write for jimmy fallon so a lot of our cast has either have been de- like between omar and i we have over like 45 years of experience he's been doing it his first job was eight month back in 2000 2001 yeah so he's been doing it forever ginger has started off in 2007 as a stand-up and then she oh, wow yeah so she transitioned into being an actor and um, Erica has done comedy bits, and like so, everybody has that comedic background. But you know, it's easier for a dramatic actor to do comedy than a comedic actor to do drama. Some of our most profound dramatic actors, some of the best actors, are some of the funniest out there. If you like look, at the late great Robin Williams, Robert De Niro, True, Meryl Streep. I mean, these are the best actors of our times, and they were. They're the funniest. I mean, yeah. what was that movie with Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis? It was like, you have to see this movie. It is. What, what is it? But Whatever it's called. Becoming oh, Her.
0: Bruce Willis. Did you hear about his
1: diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. My my dad suffered from dementia before he passed. Oh, so it's oh a, I'm
0: sorry to hear that.
1: All right. Thank you. But I wish him and his family well. It's a brutal disease.
0: Okay. So for everybody listening, True Lie is coming out March 1st. We gave a little bit away. It's spy. It's obviously you have a wife in the situation. It's like a family spy, a little bit funny, lots of action. Give us a little bit more.
1: So we set up like the movie that Harry Tasker, who I play, is a spy. He's been lying to his wife for 17 years for her protection, obviously, that he's a spy. And in our pilot, Helen is starting to get a little bored of Harry And because of all these trips and these like elusive talks, and and her being suspicious, Helen Tasker, Harry's wife, talks with her best friend, and they think that he's having an affair. So he decides to bring her on a mission to Paris to convince her that he's not having an affair, to the upset of the other spy, Omar Miller's Gib. And so while in Paris, they get kidnapped. And he admits to her that he's a...
0: Well, don't tell us the whole show.
1: Well, that's fine. You can have that. It's just words. It's okay. Not like I'm... Okay. So what happens is because he tells her, she, Helen, has to become a spy. Mm. Now it's now... Like
0: if I tell you I have to kill you, and yeah. if I tell you, you have to be in on it.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of homages to the movie, but it it, it is our own version of True Lies as well. And again, Ginger Gigi, Ginger Gonzaga is amazing. The, the, the funny thing about our cast is I'm 6'4", Omar's 6'6", which I love. Herrick Why is
0: you, like, you like feeling small?
1: I love it. I love looking I <laughs> eye eye. I have to, like, when I would have to do readings and tests with other actors, if I was playing, like, their best friend, I would have to split my legs. So I was shorter. So Wait, it, they
0: like, would tell you that? They would, like, oh, my God.
1: Like, Yeah. I'm like no, I can't. So this was amazing. But and then Mike is six one, and we make him look like he's five seven. He's six one; he's tall, but we make him look. Straight. And then there's little Gigi, who's five three, but she's like, biggest out of all of us. She, her because she has so much presence and so much power. So the affinity for that we had as a cast really helped push this because so cool in the pilot. We had like season three chemistry. We were hanging out afterwards. We were going out to dinner. We were talk. we were still on cast, text. Where did that- it film? So we did the pilot in New Orleans and we did the series in Atlanta.
0: Oh, series are always in Atlanta, aren't they?
1: Are you in LA? Or are you? No,
0: I'm in New York.
1: New York.
0: Yeah, I'm cool like that.
1: Are you on the island yeah. in a borough? On the
0: island. Nobody says that, Steve.
1: No one says that?
0: <laughs> the island of Manhattan. Yes, I'm on the island. Yeah, people don't say that.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. So I wanted to ask you a couple more questions about Shameless, and then I'll let you go. Okay, just about the Shameless cast, because I know you're really close to Shanoa. Are you close still with other castmates? Jeremy, Allen White just had like huge, huge break, got a Golden Globe. Are you proud of him? Do you talk to him?
1: I just talked to him the other day. Have you seen his, the new the Vanity Fair? Called? I
0: did. I did.
1: He's a very special individual. I just FaceTimed with Ethan Kakoski, who played Carl.
0: People say I we look alike. Do you see it?
1: No, you're much more attractive.
0: <laughs> I could see it once. I was like, okay, I, I could see him being my little brother.
1: Billy Eilish vibes?
0: Billy Eilish, I've gotten before, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I haven't talked to Cameron as of late. We texted, but yeah, I'm still in communication with all those guys. Shanola, we talk daily. She's a bestie. I still so cute. communicate with Joanna Garcia. From Reba, I, I just texted with Reba herself. She's going to be playing the Hollywood Bowl April first. Cool, Melissa Peterman. So that's yeah. so
0: important. I just had you know Bill Lawrence, of course. So he was just on my podcast, and he was saying how he gets asked a lot, like, "Why do the same people like act in all your stuff?" And he was just like,
1: "Because I like them." Because
0: like, right? And that's what that's what he said. He was like, "I like picking people to work with." that I like, that I can like hang out with all day.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, though, is like, look, there's a lot of chatter about Hollywood from different sides, politically speaking, or ideological point of views. Some of the best people I've ever met in my life are from Hollywood. And it doesn't mean just producers or directors or famous people or actors. It's also the crew. You gotta remember, there's just thousands and thousands of crew members who are artists themselves. And they got into this business and it's their nine to five, but they're still artists and they're passionate and brilliant and some of the the most amazing people. But within that, there are undesirables. And I think a lot of that was weeded out and still is over the last few years, especially the last couple of years. Yeah. And I, I think that is unfortunate because this industry is amazing and it's changing because of social media, because of. YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and podcasts, there's a lot more things to look at. And so Hollywood doesn't have all the eyeballs anymore. So our industry is changing, but we still have literally the most amazing people. And it's, it's unfortunate that, quote unquote, Hollywood gets a bad rap because there's so many right. good, yeah, there's monsters, but there's monsters in every industry. But That's the, true. I would say like 99% really are amazing, great people.
0: Just a couple of random questions. Are you watching anything good on TV right now?
1: You know what I'm what I've watched that I really liked? Emily in Paris. I love that show. I'm dead. You
0: do. First uh, of all, I could see you like being on that
1: show in that I capacity. Play, I would have to play like flamboyant if I ever went on the <laughs> show. But like I don't know if you can anymore. You know what I mean? It's so like PC, like not to play like you have to have the exact person to play the thing. Like Yeah. A, no one can act anymore, apparently.
0: Wait, you said... Okay, wait. You said before it's so easy to, like, point out bad acting. You didn't think that had some bad acting in it?
1: No, because what... what they were... It was... I thought it was... No, because...
0: It's like camp. Exact, it's like supposed
1: to be. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah, because I was like, what is she going to wear next episode? What is she going to wear in the next scene? And also, the characters are so fun. And for that, for what it is, like, I, I was like, I like the... The interactions that she had Collins what's her name Lou, Lou, Lily compelling. Collins
0: yeah, yeah. Nepo baby see it's a, it's a it's a thing once you realize it you like realize it
1: So good that in, no, Jacques she.
0: that's a thing that she, L- she is she's very good
1: yeah and so all the other characters and like I thought her boyfriend had a fake accent at first I thought he was like this guy's not wait Alfie I thought he was like yeah I was like because he would go you were supposed to meet me for dinner wait <laughs> I know you're busy, but you have to do it all, all. And I was like, wait a minute, come on. And then I found out he really is British. Wait, did you did
0: you Google, is Alfie from Emily in Paris British? Yes. And
1: he's like, actually a Brit. And I was like, oh, all right. I've never- wait, do you know what
0: I thought? I thought that the guy who played Gabriel, this is really funny, because I had said like that it looks like he naps between scenes. And then I literally saw an interview with him where he said he naps between scenes. And I was like, what an on-point... 'Cause he was always like looking tired. I don't know. If you rewatch it, you'll tell. I also like Camille because she's just French and cute. But that is a very surprising watch, Steve Howie. Thank you. Do you watch reality TV at all?
1: The only reality TV that I watch, I can't get into the all those like harem Dating shows. Yeah. I don't harem shows, like the woman's harem of men or the men's harem of women. Oh, okay. I don't I don't really vibe with that. I mm-hmm. like the talent competition shows. I'm a sucker for American Idol and X Factor and AG. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because when, when kids go up on stage and they get that validation from the audience, yeah. it, it's the realest thing. It's pure, raw emotion that they're getting acknowledged by something that they're gifted at. And it's, yeah. a, I can't help. It. I cry. I love it. I was
0: going to ask you, cry
1: all the time. All, the, yeah, yeah. That's that's if you cried, laughed, and loved, hugged, smiled, frowned in a day, you've had a great day.
0: I love that. If you loved, laughed, hugged, smiled, frowned in a day, you had a good day. All the emotions. Steve Howie, thank you so much for coming on my show. It was so good to meet you.
1: Yeah. If you good. ever
0: need help with like a router or like <laughs> or or anything, then I, you know. I'm young and hip, so I can be your girl. There you are. Thank you. So, guys, True Lies, March 1st on CBS, starring Steve Howey and Ginger Gonzaga. And she's amazing on the show. She does her eyeliner really well. I'm gonna have to ask her about that. Steve Howey, thank you so much. It was so good to meet you.
1: Thank you, Amanda. It's good to meet you.